Hello and welcome. Uh, and you're invited to come with us on a cinematic adventure. I'm Daniel and I'm from the future. I love all the consistent things that consistently mess up the intro. <laughs> I enjoy consistency. <laughs> Regardless, this is JP. Yo, actually this is JP. That's Future Man. Who, by the way, is also different season man? Like, what the shit? I, it's not my fault you don't know how time works. No, well, that's also true. I don't understand how time works. But I didn't realize that, like, being on the other side of the world meant that you were, like, in a different, like, world. <laughs> you yeah. were in a completely different system. Yeah, so know. when you have your summer right movie season in July, I'm like, all right, I'll watch summer movies in winter. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, it's, it's the summer movie season because it's the summer. <laughs> that's uh -huh. how that works. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I, I I'm like, the, the one thing that I'm stuck on is like, wait, you have Christmas in the summer? Like, that's just weird. We even have a song about it. We have a little song about the fact that Santa Claus has to have um, the boomers, which are like uh, dogs that drag his sleigh that has to be on wheels. And he, has, and he takes time to go to the beach. It's a funny song when you're... Yeah, boomer doesn't mean the same thing to us. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... that's kind of like I live in California, so we don't get any... Like in Southern California specifically, we don't get any semblance of snow. So we have like <coughs> kind of like it's still not summer because it's like I mean, we have had 80 degree Christmases, but that's well before global warming. That was rare. But I mean, still, though, it's not actually like I had to wear a jacket yesterday. It was the first time this season. It's first time in fall um, when I went to see Judy last night. And granted, I did leave the house at 11 o'clock. So you saw Judy? Like 60 degrees. Yeah, I saw it last night. Oh. You asked me to see it. I did, but I didn't think you would because I forgot to see it. What? You specifically said, hey, can you see Judy so we can talk about it? So I I, I do want to talk about it. Brilliant. I do things at the last minute, Daniel. Like, I, I'm getting get the feeling. I told you. I haven't explained to you. I'm that person who, like, when you had three months to do an assignment, like, 30 minutes till was like, yeah, I should do that. Brilliant. And okay. Then I, I was together at the last minute and still passed. So uh, I was planning on uh, another way of doing this because I didn't think you'd seen it. But you saw it. Brilliant. Okay. Good. It was a pretty okay movie. So um, we've decided to change the format a bit. A bit. And, and by that, I mean we're going to do exactly the same thing except with less steps. So what happened was Daniel is Mr. Regimented, Mr. We have to do A, B, C, one, two, three. And I'm like, eh, let's just do some stuff and see what happens. And, and he was like, no, absolutely not. We must do a formula. And I was like, all right, fine. That's fine. exactly how I sound. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we've decided to do is an in-between thing where... Yeah. We sort of had a structure. Each week we're going to talk about movies that we saw on our own. And if we wanted to see like a movie specifically for this, we're going to talk about that at the end. So this week it was Judy and we can talk about the rest later. Since it's a full month this month, I have 10 movies that I want. Well, I have seven movies that I want to talk about. Uh, and I've seen 10. Wait, you, oh, you've seen, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've seen 15, but like some for the podcast, we talked about a lot of them before, like shock treatment we talked about during the Rocky Horror episode, stuff like that. So basically, 
this is your recap of everything you saw from now to October, from, from October 1st to that. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, it's not going to be that for me because me being what I am with time, I don't remember what I saw when. It'll just be like, hey, hey here's a film that I saw. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Which is fair enough. I also uh, am really interested in talking about Dark Fate, having not seen any of the Terminators past Terminator 3. Okay. So that's a funny thing about it. This technically is Terminator 3. If you're going by canon, this is Terminator 3. So anything after Terminator 2 didn't happen. Okay, so let's save that for after I talk about the three, like, throwaway movies. Well, all right? Yeah. And um, so I saw The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. These are rated from worst to best, by the way. By the way, that was all, in case someone is confused, that's one title. Yeah, it's The Man two. Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Yeah, no, it's all, that's one movie. Is a ridiculous title and should have been a dumb movie, but they wanted to be, like, dramatic and clever and sad. And I'm like, you're not smart enough for that. <laughs> like, like, every time you set, you, every time you have a mustache guy, uh, Sam Elliott, um, saying, like, doing dramatic monologues. I'm like, yeah, but, like, you're a dumb movie. Being glorious bastards with a Bigfoot or something. <laughs> Who sounds like the cinema snob now? Yeah, but, like, it's weird because I, I want to be a cinema snob for a B movie. <laughs> like, imagine Sharknado, right? Imagine Sharknado came out, right? And the, the only thing you know about is the title, and then it turns out to be wanting an Oscar. But it's still as dumb as Sharknado. But all the acting in it is like, but like these sharks in this tornado. <laughs> there is Everyone, a film that suffers from identity crisis. It doesn't know the what it is. Exactly. It's like they had this B movie and then they're like, oh shit, Sam Elliott wants to do it. He can't be <laughs> funny. We need to make him dramatic. He can be funny. He was in The Big Lebowski. Well, then make him funny. <laughs> So yeah, I, I put that on Facebook and then everyone's like, how dare you? And I'm like, okay, six people. A, no one's seen it. B, it's the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Save your outrage for Star Wars or some shit. Funny that. Yeah, so like, uh, dumb movie, uh, thinks it's smarter than it is. So therefore, I hate it. Stay in your lane. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one I saw uh, was from, was on the... Netflix. Gonna leave that in. Uh, it's called Inhuman Kiss, uh, and it's based on a uh, myth about this curse that removes your head, removes the head of girls, uh, and the head becomes sentient. And so, I'm know, sorry. What? Now? Yeah, the the head becomes sentient um, after decapitation. Uh, yeah. So basically, when you fall asleep, your head is. Uh, your head removes itself and becomes sentient. And this entire town is uh, afraid of the women. Even though, like, as far as the movie is concerned, it's just flying around, doing shit, protecting people. And if they had done nothing wrong, then, like, these two would have just been happy together, I guess. Uh, and weird as shit, man. Yeah, I know. I don't have money to go to the cinema, so I have to. So I seek out weird shit. Plus, like, who mm. wants to? Like, everyone else has seen Terminator, so I don't have to. 
sure, go with that. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one's seen the Inhuman Kiss. Apparently, no one's seen Terminator no. except for you because it lost like so much money. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, so Inhuman Kiss, it's kind of cute. It's really weird. Uh, it's a perfect love story for like Halloween. Alrighty. Um, the next one is Fury, F-U-R-I-E. And like, imagine Taken, uh-huh. but like it's immediate. So she, uh, her, this woman's daughter gets kidnapped and she's like, oh shit, she's been kidnapped. And then it's a giant chase scene for like 45 minutes. And then she gets taken to the city and, it, and she goes to uh, this bounty hunter, I think. And it's like, and he says, if your daughter gets to this place, she'll be gone forever. And she's like, well, fuck. Oh, okay. I love it. I think it's great. It's just very simple and there's not much to talk about. No. Um, As you're describing it, I'm thinking of like meth, you know, uh, movies explained for. Every time there's a a chase, he's like, it's a long chase, skip. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, the, the one thing I will talk about is the fact that it's an action movie in 2019. So you know how they used to have the quick cuts and then the shaky cam and all that shit? Which everybody hated. Everyone hated. But what I love is that no one uses that anymore. And instead they use the whole uh, camera is following the body part that's doing the action. So if it's a kick, we're following the kick via the camera movement. I, I like that style of action. So what would have been one of the worst movies if it had shaky cam has this very stylized version of filming action and i like it and i hope they keep it until everyone gets sick of it and who's the who stars in this film uh oh i'm not gonna be able to pronounce that <laughs> what is it um it's uh from vietnam so it's a viet it's a name from vietnam n-g-o-t-h-a-n-h-v-a-n Send it to me on Facebook. Let's see if I can pronounce it. You can pronounce it. <laughs> she was in uh, The Last Jedi. She was? Uh-huh. Was she like a nobody? Um, I don't know. I can't remember The Last the Jedi. The actress I can think of was um, Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, this is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. So, like, we're going to stay in our lane. Ingo Tan Van? I mean, yeah, sure. As far as I know, that's perfect. Uh, so it's really interesting. It's a, <clears throat> it's filmed very well. It's it's nice. It's stylized. It's pretty good. Okay. Now I wasn't sure where to where I'd put Judy, uh-huh. but apparently I settled on number seven because while it's about Judy Garland, it's it's a fine movie. Fine. Okay. Um. So let's talk about it now. All right, go for it. You start, because you were the one who was super enthusiastic. <coughs> yeah, I want to see Jojo Rabbit, but apparently you won't get that till like four years from now or something. Yeah, it's bullshit. We are not doing the best of the year list until I see Jojo Rabbit, even if that's in March. So it'll be, I was going to say, it'll be like best of last year. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the best of 2019 in 2021. Right. Um, yeah. So Judy Garland is... Um, you know Judy Garland. You better know Julie Garland, audience, because she was in Wizard of Oz. She was the biggest star forever. Like, everyone wanted to have Judy Garland in their movies. And the way that movies were 
done, the way contracts were done was that you worked for the studio, period. You couldn't negotiate movie by movie. And everyone around her just emotionally abused her for ages, ever since she was 14 or some crap. Um, and she, they got her addicted to drugs. There was, there's this story I heard where Judy Garland went to rehab because, you know, she needed to go to rehab. And then immediately, as soon as she got back, the, um, the producer was like, cool, you're back, you're fine then, excellent. Here, take these diet pills, you get put on weight. And I'm like, fuck him. So, so you got this beautiful singer who's fantastic in every way and everyone around her is just like, if you don't sing, you're literally useless. Yeah, that sounds like uh, Hollywood. Yeah. That's why the studio system uh, dissolved. And slight correction, they hadn't been abusing her since she was 14. They had been abusing her since two. I mean... That was when she got started in show business. And as you saw, like, in the very beginning of the film, that scene in the beginning, she was 14. Uh Uh-huh. And um, when he was, like, essentially molesting her, basically. I mean, it was heavily implied that he totally wanted to fuck her. Yeah, the camera panned away, and he didn't see what his hands were doing, but the look on her face, it wasn't good. He was going way too low, and I'm like, dude... Back off. So, yeah. well, okay, so in, the, in that scene, so there are two scenes. The scene in the beginning when he's like, when she, when she says, she's basically like standing up for herself, calling on workers' rights. Like, hey, in my contract, I get to spend a couple hours not doing this shit. And he was like, you're complaining? I'll just throw you out in the garbage. Nobody gives a shit about you. I'm the studio. And she's like, no, no, I'm not complaining. That was when she was like 14. But the next time we see him when he's essentially molesting her, she was... Just if she was 50, it was right before her 16th birthday. Yeah. Um, because that was the whole thing. Like they were like, okay, come on, you have a press, you know, you have a press thing for your 16th birthday, but don't you dare touch that cake. You're supposed to cut it and pretend to eat it, but don't actually eat it. Yeah, she's, and she's yeah. like, I'll turn 15 for two more months. And they were like, Well, you got shit to do on that day, so we're having it now. Scheduling. Oh, so everything God. about her life was scheduled. And it's, everything that and this was back uh when the studio manufactured a life like she's on a date with someone and it's not a real date it's for publicity exactly it's um the sad thing is that even though the studio system where like the studio created stars even though that dissolved and somewhat ended it kind of didn't because what happens like even today the studio like once you even though you can sign with different studios your agent has pretty much taken the place of the studio your agent your manager your publicity person they're still doing the same thing that the studio the same things the studios did in that time that's why so many people like especially like child actors hollywood is full of predators and people have known this for ages and anytime someone says they're going to speak out about it they mysteriously die of a drug overdose and um, that recently changed uh, after Harvey Weinstein got found out. But yeah, it, it wasn't it for like changed. three years, until like it's three like, years ago or something. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't changed as much as you might think. Because basically the Harvey Weinstein <laughs> thing broke open and the Me Too movement happened. But there were still heavy repercussions for people to speak out. Like... It was pretty much a thing where, like, Harvey Weinstein was up, like, his target was there, so you could aim for him. But if you tried to take down somebody else and you didn't have, like, a movement of people behind you, you would still get 
you know, you still get kicked out and, and, and thrown away. There, there was this podcast I listened to where they were talking about it and they said that, have you noticed that the only people getting found out are the people that aren't making money anymore? Exactly. That, that's exactly my point. Like it hasn't really, the people who are still doing it, like the people who are still in power, those people haven't been, those people haven't been, it's, it's, it's like the has-beens. Like Harvey Weinstein was pretty much, like he, he wasn't really doing anything. And as you saw, like he's served no jail time. So it's, it's brought light, it shed light on the issue, but it, there's not been really very many real repercussions because somebody gets accused of something and then like they get canceled for like 10 minutes to an hour and then they're right back. Like, I like that for an exaggeration, you were very specific. What? I like that for an exaggeration, you were very specific. But yeah. Um, yeah, because like look at um, look at Louis C.K. Like he was canceled for like a little, he was canceled for like a year and then he was like, okay, come back to her and back. So <laughs> there, it, it's not as, I, I feel like the movement made people think that more was actually being done than was really being done. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not, I'm, I am a bit more impartial because I don't think that it's cool to just cancel everybody. An accusation does not mean guilt because uh-huh. people can just accuse people of something and it becomes like a witch hunt. So, but at the same time, like there are actual victims who get like, they still get shamed. They still get fired. They still get, they get canceled for daring to speak out. Even I think that, um, I think that's the thing that stopped it from being a witch hunt was James Gunn. Because James Gunn was accused by right-wing neo-Nazis of being a right-wing neo-Nazi or a racist or something. I, I forget which. Um, Neither. He, was acute, he, um, he came out, he spoke out against one of them. And one of them literally went through over a decade of tweets to find something that was offensive and pulled out his most offensive tweets as if he said them yesterday. The problem is... He had stopped tweeting that way years ago and years ago apologized for ever having said those things. The reason he didn't take them down is because he wanted to prove that he had changed. He didn't want to act like a hypocrite and be like, well, we just don't talk about that. He was like, no, I did it. It was fucked up. I apologized. I'm not going to do it again. And he moved on. And the problem was the right wing person that went after him acted like he said those yesterday and he didn't and he'd already apologized for him. So when he got canceled, everybody was like, hey, that's not fair. You're like, what's, what is the point? The whole point of calling people out is to say what you did was fucked up. But if he already admitted that and had already course corrected, now you're just saying you don't think people can change. Yeah, so you've got to have some kind of, you know, there's got to be some kind of, some, like, what's, what's the point? What are we doing here if we're just saying, like, oh, bad people, bad? Like, no, the whole point is to get people to change. And he already had. So... That's why people were up in arms because it's like it's not the same thing. Like Roseanne, people are trying to equate him to Roseanne. Like, no, Roseanne said that yesterday and she meant it. He said those over a decade ago and had already apologized. There's a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, exactly. But that's what stopped it from being a witch hunt, or at least stopped the witch hunt uh, in its tracks because people are like we have to investigate this, otherwise we'll be as we'll um, be as humiliated as Disney was. So, yeah. Now there's a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, that's the context of Judy. All that happens and has been happening ever since Hollywood started. But there's no, there was no checks and balances um, well, I mean, back when Judy Garland when was have, working. And when so, you have people in power, you're going to have people abuse that power. Exactly. So um, 
basically Judy has been told her entire life that the only thing that matters about her is her voice. So she's terrified of failing to sing and she has, and she was addicted to drugs and she was anorexic and all this shit, all because of um, abuse that she suffered. And yeah. it sucks. It's really good that it, the film highlights, like it, it, it simultaneously shows you her issues, like her drug, her drug, <coughs> her drug dependency. Um, but then it also shows you where that came from. She didn't want to take drugs when she was a kid. The studios literally forced her to take drugs. And at any time when she, she did stand up for herself and she was censured for it every single time. And she would be told, like, she was extremely, she was extremely emotionally abused. And remember, she was just a girl. She was 14, 15 when they started giving her drugs to make her, like, they would give her diet pills. And then to counteract the diet pills, because, you know, the diet pills are, make you edgy and you can't sleep. And mind you, these are like 1930s diet pills. It's not like they're like FDA regulated. It's like probably straight cocaine, okay? And I'd and, like to point out that like you look at her and it's like, no, you don't need diet pills. No, yeah, she was perfectly fine. But, you know, again, the studio has this ideal. They want you to be this thing. They don't want you. They want what, what they want you to be. If you see, so, And that's um, exactly what he was explaining to her in that, begin, in that opening scene. Which I now realize we totally should have said spoiler warning, which we didn't. It doesn't matter. So with um, no. with the have you seen the movie Summerstock? I have not. So the in the movie Summerstock, uh, Judy Garland plays a farmer, and all of these people want to film in her on her farm, and her cousin is like, "Come on, let's do it. It'll be fun." And it's Gene Kelly, and it's great. Um, and she's like, you can film on my farm if you help with the farm work. So you have to get up at like 4am and chase chickens around. It's really cute and funny. Um, but by the time she does the song, Get Happy, which is probably her best song. Um, she is way more skinny in that scene than she is throughout the entire movie. She looks unhealthy. It's probably was ugly. Uh-huh. So it's fucked. She, she was... So all of that like fun stuff that sh- that characters are going through, it's like it's it's all, her entire m- movie, all her films are like have a shadow of yeah, but like fucked up things were happening. Yeah, yeah, every single one of them. Um, yeah, because she wasn't a person; she's a product, which is so shit. And yeah, that- and then what's fucked up is once she aged out of video system, they had nothing to do with her. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the entire premise of the movie is that she has to go to England because no one in America gives a shit about her. Yeah, well, okay, so it's not so much that no one in America gives a shit about her because you saw it's a party, like the people still... Yeah, it's people still love her, but the studio system, system doesn't. Right, the studio system doesn't. Um, and they what don't, I meant is that she's not marketable anymore. Over, they, they kind of gloss over why the studio doesn't want her, but there are two main reasons. One is because she aged out of it. Um, Two, because the addictions that the studio system put on her, she's starting to now show damage from that. And once you're damaged goods, you're no good to them. Uh Because they they mentioned like the reason why she wasn't getting anything in Hollywood anymore is because she shows up late and she's not, you know, she's not 100% coherent. And that's because of all the drugs. Because she's literally taking drugs to go to sleep, drugs to wake up, drugs to get through an emotional issue. She's got pills for everything. And she was given those pills by the studio. 
at a very young age and she was dependent on them for the rest of her life. There's so the studios created a system. They, they created a person who they created a person and then turned on that person when the issues that they gave her manifested. Yeah. So like it's fucked. And she died at 47. Yeah, that's crazy. That's just a few years older than I am right now. Uh-huh. She it was so it's just so terrible. Literally everything that she went through. And so it's mixed with that, and it's also mixed with her singing. And uh, what did you think of um, Renee Zellweger's singing? Was that actually Renee Zellweger singing? Uh-huh. I kind of figured, because I was like, this does not at all sound like Judy Garland. Exactly. But then I was like, well, she is playing an older version. Maybe her voice changed. That's why I wasn't... Because they did make a point in the movie to say that, like, her vocal cords that she saw, like, uh, maybe she didn't sound as good in her last few years, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. It's definitely, it didn't sound like Judy Garland. I kind of had a little bit of an issue with Renee Zellweger playing Judy Garland. It took me at least to halfway through the movie before I felt like I was actually watching Judy Garland. The rest of the time, I felt like I was watching Renee Zellweger try to pretend to be, be Judy Garland. That, that's, a, that's a big thing with someone this iconic. Like, um, I don't know. I think the, the biggest comparison would be Rocketman which was also a biopic about uh, a singer. Yeah, and and you could also say Bohemian Rhapsody. And in both of those cases, and it's not a male versus woman thing, it's the things that Renee Zellweger did to try to mimic her. It felt like she was trying to mimic her. I didn't feel like she was her. I didn't didn't feel like I was watching Judy Garland. Like when I watched, when I started watching uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like not even 10 minutes into it, I forgot that it wasn't Freddie Mercury. I felt like I was actually watching Freddie Mercury. Same thing with, um, with it took a little bit longer with, um, no, it didn't. No, with Taron Egerton, I remember, because there was a scene where for a second, I legit thought that that was Elton John. And then I realized, no, that's actually Taron Egerton. And it just, it worked. It's for some reason, like they kind of had the ability to just kind of seamlessly become the character and I think it works when you don't try to mimic the character you just you, you just try to become the character and for me in the beginning especially her facial expressions it's like she was trying to be it was like she was trying to pretend to be her but I didn't feel like she was just embodying her like if you don't look like the character that's not the the deal breaker the deal breaker is do you act like the, to me she wasn't acting like I, I feel like she was mimicking her voice, but she, you can't capture her singing voice. All of those no. terrible people are right. There's no one like Judy Garland. Yeah, and it, it's, it is noticeable, but I think that that's why I thought those throwaway lines were like, what, you know, when they said like, oh, her voice changed because she attempted to commit suicide a couple years ago. I was Which like, is oh, true. okay. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they're, they're, you know, her voice changed drastically and that's why she was so terrified. And that's why she sounded like, because I was like, this doesn't sound remotely like Judy Garland. <laughs> so, it sounds I a think little bit like that. older Judy Garland. Like I've seen uh, videos of her singing when she, was in, when she was in her 30s. And I'm like, I can see the resemblance, but it's kind of like if, uh, if your cousin was singing. Oh, my cousins can't sing. That's no, not- but it's like if your cousin uh, spoke and had a similar voice to you. It would be closer to say my sister. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, if it was her sister. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's that's not terrible. Like I said, it, it kind of worked. To me, the singing wasn't off because I just assumed, like I just bought the line that like her, her voice had changed. To um, me, the, the part that didn't work was in the very beginning, especially like that opening scene, I felt like she was like, I was like, what the hell is she doing with her face? Like, it's just like she was making weird faces to try to pretend to be her. And I'm like, just stop. I don't, don't like... Um, the person. Just do your thing. Just become the character. As long as you follow in the essence of the character. Like, And I think that's the difference with like what Taron Edgerton did. He just became the essence of Elton John. Elton John to, told him like, that you can't copy... Uh, said that if you copy uh, everything that I did, then it won't work. And that's I think that's what she did. Exactly. Exactly. It's... You can't... Like, that. That's exactly my point. Like, you can't... It. It's like it's almost like an amateur actor's move to like try to try to pretend to be something rather than just becoming the thing, you know? Uh-huh. Like um, you get, you're supposed to get the essence of the character and then just be the character, but don't try to mimic the character because that comes off. As, and exactly. it, uh, to her credit, she doesn't do it the entire movie, no, but like she, the first half. And uh, she's doing a good performance. It's just not Judy Garland. And you're right, she yeah, was going places. Was weird. At about halfway through, she knocks off with the bullshit, and she just, and then she is believable as Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, okay, like this. Now I'm into it, and it also coincides with like the most tragic events showing up. Like once you see like the real, like the heartbreak and everything she's been through, she's not. It's almost like she forgot to mimic her, and she's just playing her, and that works. Exactly. It's I know, it's a mixed bag. You're right. It's a mixed bag. I do like. The fact that it's like, okay, so you know how you want to see Over the Rainbow. Everyone wants to see that fucking song. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to tease We're going to have everybody sing that fucking song. <laughs> we're going to tease. But first, before we do that, we're going to tease it, right? Like, she's not going to sing it. She's going to sing uh, Get Happy and, and uh, the trolley song and all this other stuff that you probably don't know because all you've seen is Wizard of Oz. <laughs> We're gonna have we're gonna tease it for like the entire movie, and then we're gonna show how important it is by having the entire audience sing it, being led by the best character. You're welcome. And I'm like, all right, fine. You got I me. I think they missed an opportunity because at least for me, her two famous, obviously Wizard of Oz. You know, some rainbow that was famous. But her second most famous movie, if not the most, was Meet Me in St. Louis when she did um, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I don't like, think you can do I'll Be Home set around Christmas, I don't think. But she did the trolley oh, song in the movie in St. Louis. Yeah, but it's but that's to me is her. Well, see, I under, I kind of understand why they didn't put it in there because all of the times when she was doing performances, she was in England. And apparently it's an American thing. I don't like care. My dad's, my dad's um, from England. And, um, yeah. and, if, if, and we listen to that song literally every Christmas. Yeah, see, so that's, that's the why... first. I think it's either Wizard of Oz or that song is the first time I heard Judy Garland sing. See, and that, that's my point. Like, to me, those are her two biggest songs. Every You don't have to ever have heard of Judy Garland, but you've heard those songs. Uh huh. You've heard those two. Because every have... Christmas you're going to hear it. And somebody, like, in, it's even in commercials, the Wizard of Oz song. So you people have heard those two songs, even if they've never seen a single one of her movies. I, I think that they. I think that you're right. And if they had changed one of the concerts, one of the shows that she did to be uh, around Christmas and she sung that song, I wouldn't mind because you added in these two gay characters, which are completely fictional, but also the best part of the movie. (laughs) 
Uh, well, I mean, it could have easily been, we don't know what time of year it was. It could have easily been Christmas because we do know that her kids were in school and it was freezing in England. So it could have been around Christmas time. They could have easily just, you know, had her say not, not much would have really changed. I mean, I doubt I would have even noticed. Yeah. And as far as like the California scene where like, oh, it's sunny and, you know, it, it's always sunny. So it doesn't. And they were wearing jackets in California, which means it was in like November, December. It was sometime between November. It, no, it was sometime between December and mid-March because that's when we wear coats. I I think you're right. If they had had her, I like the movie. I didn't feel was lacking for it, but if they had put in that song, I would have been I so do, happy. Though. I do because to me, like like you said, you come for when you go to see a movie named Judy. You go for two songs, and they teased one song, and we're just like, fuck the other one. You they they should have at least had her sing that one because that's the song, you know. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I get it. Remember, it's like right in the beginning of the holiday season. The only thing I can um, I can think that they only reason that they didn't do that is because it wasn't set around Christmas. And uh, to that, I say, just have one of the concerts happen during Christmas. Who cares? Exactly. Um, so yeah, Judy's a uh, a good movie. Um, the 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 um, it's like the studio thought. Do you know what? We we can't really show like uh, the impact that she had on LGBT people throughout the entire, uh, in a wider context. So let's just have these two great uh, gay characters and have her um, go to dinner with them. Cause who cares? Let's add that. And I'm like, yes, add that. Cause they're the best part of the movie. They're hilarious. Well, because honestly it's hard to, it, it's hard to, to display her activeness um, for the gay community. Because it's not like, I mean, it's not like she went to rallies or anything. It was just the fact that, because you would have to, like, take us all the way back to, you know, the 40s and 50s. Yeah, it'd be like a four-hour movie. Yeah, it would be, like, you could have a movie just on, and somebody should maybe do that. You could have a movie on the on the people who have been pro-gay rights all along, like Judy Garland, like Bette Midler, like Barbara Streisand. I bet there's a documentary about that. But like yeah, the, so so since you can't cover all of that, yeah, they just decided having, to show it through show the perspective of why the gay community loved her so much, and it was really as simple as her saying, like when people are like, "Oh, you like, do you want to like, like you know, at the end of her career when she was really hard pressed for getting work, one of her jobs was at a gay bar, and they were like, "Oh, you don't want to work there," and she's like, "Why? Gay people are just people," and that was radical. Uh-huh. at that time that yeah. was like a, when you're a megastar like how dare you say that that was a that was a crazy notion back then she was like i don't give a shit are they gonna pay <laughs> I, I and and having her like be dragged all over london to find a restaurant and then they're them making terrible eggs who puts cream and eggs i uh, morons <laughs> <laughs> i just love how he was so nervous that she was there that he was like fucking everything up yeah, and she's like, we gotta have Judy Garland prepare eggs. Put that spoon down. <laughs> so yeah, you got this tragedy, this heartbreak, and uh, these songs, and then you have these two, and they're like, oh my god, Judy isn't singing? Give me my tickets back. And then she starts singing, they're like, get the tickets! <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they were hilarious, and I love them. So yeah, that was Judy. It was pretty good. Um, um, one other thing that was kind of odd to me was they totally glossed over Liza Minnelli. 
Like I, before watching this movie, I knew almost nothing except for, you know, the public. But the one thing I knew about her private life was that she had dated Mickey Rooney and she was Liza Minnelli's mother. I had no idea she had two other kids. And in this movie, Liza Minnelli gets one scene and that's it. And I'm like, that's the extent of it. And like when she's fighting for her kids, she doesn't mention going to Liza, you know, like Liza Minnelli clearly has her own house. So why doesn't she ask her like, hey, can I stay with you? Uh, like can i bring your sibling like they, that's not even an option it's not even on the table and they just skim right over that as to why that would be like i get it um in terms of story context but you're right if your daughter's eliza Merlin, Merlin, <laughs> minnelli thank you if your daughter is eliza Merlin, fucking hell <laughs> fuck it if your daughter's her then you've got to um uh, then you have to at least be like i have a scene like she goes to one of her parties but it's co- totally glossed over the fact that she has this very famous daughter. Yeah. It's just like you're, you're, she goes, she doesn't have a place to stay. So she goes to an address and she's looking at the paper like, oh, I'll go here. And then when she shows up, like you're all of a sudden you're in a party and this woman goes, hey, she came. And it's, and then later it's like, oh, that's Liza Minnelli. And you're like, wait, what? Because <laughs> at first I thought that Liza Minnelli was, the, was her daughter. Like yeah, a little, the little girl. girl. I assumed that too until that scene. Yeah, and then at that scene, I'm like, oh no, she's like 20 something now. So it's, this is like another generation. And they also glossed over her husband. She had five husbands, and pretty much each one was worse than the one before. And they uh-huh. all pretty much treated her like shit. Um, and I was, I looked up her information, you know, the quick biography on her after I saw the movie, and. The last guy that she married refused to pay for her burial, claiming he was broke. Liza Minnelli thought, Liza Minnelli assumed that her latest husband would pay for it. That's how that works. And he refused to pay for it, saying he didn't have the money. So her body was like for a year, just kind of hanging out in New York, waiting for somebody to pay for her to be properly buried. That's and then finally, Liza Minnelli had her sent to LA and buried her here. That's horrendous. It is like it, and that's what I'm saying. Like each and her, one of her, I think Liza Minnelli's dad refused to go to her mom's funeral. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, she if she's not like, useful, no her. one cares. It, yeah, and then the tragedy of the movie is like you can see she just wanted to be loved. Uh huh. That's all, and it uh-huh. felt like the only way she got loved was being on stage. But at the same time, that's a huge burden to put on someone. That like your voice is the only like the only way you get love is you merit it and you only merit it because of your voice. And if anything happens to your voice, like nobody's going to love you ever. Yeah. And she was literally told that from the time she was a little kid. So, yeah, that's why she's addicted to drugs, because everyone's shit and everyone's well, she was terrible. Also addicted to drugs because she was put on drugs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Would give her, they gave her diet pills to make her spin because of the diet pills. She couldn't sleep. So they gave her sleeping pills to make her sleep. Then they'd give her like uppers to wake her up. So that's why she had a pill for each occasion because they started giving and they, they made that very clear in the movie. Like, here, take this for now. Take this for this. Like she was hungry and they, instead of letting her eat, they were like, here, take this diet pill. There was this doctor that inject in the movie that injected her with vitamins, which was essentially yeah. just heroin. Um, I don't know what I drug it was, know. but it's like a strong drug. I, I, well, I, I thought it was heroin. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it very well may have been, or it could have been like a high dose of vitamin C. Because no, it was definitely a drug. It wasn't vitamin. I don't know. I um, heard, um, but yeah, I was common practice. Judy is an interesting person, way more interesting than the movie. But the movie's fine. Yeah. 
I really like it. I'll probably watch it maybe. I'm probably not. <laughs> there you go. Commitment King. I love committing. Yeah, um, sure. I'm going to do that. Maybe. You never know. Probably not. Okay. So uh, that's probably the longest we're going to talk about any movie aside from uh, Terminator because I have a lot to say about Terminator. Even though I haven't I seen it, I have a lot to say about a movie. Well, I have a lot to say about the uh, about the series as a whole. Oh, indeed. Okay. Um, you can. I, I have nothing to say about the other movie aside from the fact that they killed John Connor in five minutes. Oh my God! You stupid. You, spoiler. First of all, we have got to get a spoiler warning situation. Okay. I mark these with spoilers. Oh, it's fine. Terminator Dark Fate was my movie. You had like nineteen movies, <laughs> and then you yeah. go and spoil the one thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you can talk about it. But like, it's fine. But you've already put it out there. Thanks yeah. a lot. It's a teaser. It's not a teaser. It's a spoiler. So, well, it's a teaser for a review, a spoiler review. So, um, so you gave me some uh, British crime movies to watch, and I watched all of them. Well, I watched three of them. You, well, I was gonna say you absolutely did not. You watched half of them. I really, I couldn't find Revolver, and I am still waiting for um, Lucky Number Seven to arrive. Which, okay, technically Lucky Number 11 is not a British crime drama, but it is a crime drama. Okay. But, um, so I saw Snatch. Indeed. That was the first one. Uh, It was interesting. Uh, I think that most of the, most of the appeal is these very, very charismatic characters. Uh, (laughs) I forgot you, you are, everything is about the characters for you. So this is going to be interesting because I'm all about story. You're all about characters. Yeah. So I like all of these characters. I think that they're, they're funny and charming and hilarious. And Brad Pitt has a dumb accent. <laughs> but it worked because you. Oh, <laughs> so what? I was sitting there, like the first, I remember watching in the theater and I was like, the fuck did he just say? <laughs> yeah. just like, you have no clue. It's a great gag that that accent is really hard to understand and that all the other characters like. <laughs> but that's what makes them so good at negotiating because you have no idea what you just agreed to. <laughs> Exactly, and uh, he basically lives in a trailer park, and yeah, uh, and they set up the entire crime thing, crime family to be killed by these really really angry people. So yeah, it, and hey, um, best bit of advice: beware of them as a pig. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I have pigs is to hide, is to have them eat the body. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know that it was made by the same person that made uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, I think uh, Snatch was the second film and Lock, Stock was first. I may be wrong, but I think that's how it worked. Yeah, I so... know Lock, Stock came first, and I think Snatch was the second or third film, like right after Lock, Stock. Okay, so let's talk about Lock, Stock uh, next, because they're pretty similar. They are. Well, yeah, it's, they're... they're very similar in the way that they were obviously both written directed by the same person, but then he also likes to use similar people. So like he likes to use the same actors. So anytime you see a British movie directed by Guy Ritchie, he's pretty much going to have like five of the same actors. I'm pretty sure that like there's only 10 actors in England and most <laughs> of them, and most of them are in either Doctor Who or Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Richie is very loyal to his... Uh, there are some directors who are like that. Like, uh, J.J. Abrams is the same. There's one guy that's been in, like, literally every single thing J.J. Abrams has, has touched in everything. Do you know who and it is? Guy Ritchie is like that. Um, he's... when He's actually, to me, he's the one who, like, a, did a soft discovery of Jason Statham. I'd never heard of Jason Statham before I saw Lockstock and Two Things. Oh, not Lockstock. I saw him in uh, Snatch. Um, 
And then after Snatch, he was in uh, Transporter, and that was when his meteoric rise began. I think most Americans probably know of him from Transporter, but I first saw him in Snatch. Um, so, so Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels uh, is about uh, is about this um, these people who do like uh, charismatic crime, and they're they're fine until someone gets into a poker match, which I don't trust poker at all. This is why I don't play anything above Go Fish. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> So they have to perform a heist because this idiot was like, this idiot said that he'd borrow money uh, from, uh, from, this, from this mob boss, essentially. And at no point did it click for him that he's probably fucked. Yeah, it's, for me, the movies, both movies, uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, are all about who you do things, like who you get in bed with. If uh-huh. you get in business with the wrong person, you're fucked unless like some kind of happy series of events happens that you couldn't plan if you tried, like in pretty much both movies. <laughs> but it's like it's it, to me both movies are like a comedy of errors. Oh yeah, the comedy and of that's errors. Like, that's the best part. It's like especially like in Snatch with at the end they get the dog and it just so happens that the dog swallow the diamond. <laughs> it's like so they think they're <laughs> fucked right, and then they finally get through and then they're like, oh, we just have a fucking dog. And then Circus is like, no, nah, you got to get the fucking squeaky toy out of that dog. It's driving me nuts. And it's like, oh, yeah, here's a giant diamond. Hooray! <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I love it. I love the idea that a dog uh, swallows a fucking squeaky toy and the only reason to get it out is because of annoyance. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> probably harmless for a dog to swallow a squeaky toy, but it's <laughs> driving me up the wall, so we got to get it out. Yep. And in the meantime, here's a diamond. <laughs> um, I like the fact that in... Uh, I think it's in Lockstock. They um, they do all of this. They perform this heist and they um, and they steal everything. Everything is fine. And then he's like, "I spent all the money to for my son, uh, but I'll give you this as a reward." And it turns and it's like these guns that they were going to throw away are worth like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Again, it's it's like things work out. I think that's the the, the best part. The aside from the humor, that's the best part. It's like this crazy series of unfortunate events, but somehow it works out perfectly in the end. It's like, what? Like, you couldn't possibly plan this. This uh, isn't like a Joker scheme where it's like you've got 19 chess moves down the line. It's like, such everything fucks up 14 ways to sunset. And then at the end, you're like, oh, that turns out to be exactly what I needed. <laughs> so. Yeah, so uh, both these are, are fun. They're silly and they have nothing, nothing. Uh, to top layer cake, which is just the <laughs> it's the best one. I think you like layer cake. Out of all of the homework that you gave me, this layer cake is the best one. It's basically James Bond um, is a criminal, and he's yeah. as charismatic as he is when James Bond play when he plays James Bond. It's I think that's the movie that actually got him the role. Oh yeah, he's playing exactly the same character, so I can believe it. Yeah. Um, so Daniel Craig is who we're talking about. Yeah, right? Daniel Craig. So Daniel Craig plays this um, this criminal who's like, you know, in order to be a successful criminal, you have to be a great middleman. And as soon as I make, and as soon as we make a million dollars doing these drug um, doing these drug deals, it'll be fine. And there's absolutely nothing that will go wrong as long as we um, do things properly. 
definitely nothing will go wrong. End of movie. Famous oh, wait, last. shit. <laughs> Famous last words. Nothing's going to go wrong. It's all going to work out. And then hilarity and shit. It's not really it's hilarious, though. Like, layer no. cake's not funny, but it's it's still, like, it's not a comedy of errors. It's more like a tragedy of errors in, uh-huh. in layer cake. Because it's like every single thing. It, you, you're watching and you're like, oh, okay, he's finally caught a break. Nope, he's fucked. <laughs> and like, I get it. But the, the only thing that I don't like is the ending. I'm like, you went through all this shit. Yep. You <laughs> did all of this to be killed by some nobody immediately just before the credits. Yep. I get <laughs> I it. That I that part. You're going to be like, he gets that. No, no, he doesn't. And, and I get it, it's like, but the criminal. I think they did that because they didn't want to make it seem like being a criminal pays. Well, yeah, but like, that's dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to be a drug dealer just because I like Daniel Craig. But to me, the, be- the, the best um, deterrent is all the shit he went through in the movie. Exactly. That keeps it's, you I'm not going to be... It's not worth it. I'll just get a job. Like, that's not... Yeah, the, the thing that's stopping me from a drug dealer, from a drug being a drug dealer isn't morals it's the fact that i wouldn't be any good at it because <laughs> i mean and that's the thing like i don't have that work i think i'd be those assholes still got killed and he still went through all this shit and you're thinking okay finally that's also why i wanted you to see revolver because revolver is a similar movie like that but it's 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 in the same vein as these movies. um it's it's similar to layer cake and that one character goes through a lot of shit and it doesn't end the way you would think it ends, but it doesn't end the same way Layer Cake ends. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say that. It, it just, but it's still, it doesn't have the ending you would expect. You would expect it to be more like the Guy Ritchie films and it doesn't, I think it is a Guy Ritchie I think Revolver is a Guy Ritchie film, but it's, a, it's the first time he like strayed from his form. It does have Jason Statham and it still has Statham. It still has like a lot of, it also has Ray Liotta. It's, um, that's why, so like when I give you the homework, it's like I'm intentionally grouping movies together because there's something in common, like a theme. And that's why I wanted you to see Revolver because it, it goes with, it goes with all of these movies. And uh, same with Lucky Number Slevin. It's, without giving any spoilers for it. I'm um, definitely going to see it though. I, I tried. Do you know how hard it is to find movies? No. Neither did I. I. It's so funny because you were like, you know how hard it is to get it? And I'm like, no, I can just reach for it because I own them. Oh, <laughs> I paid like a dollar fifty. Yeah, but, so <laughs> so basically for for um for Lucky Number Seven, I, I tried all of the streaming services, I tried all the digital stores, I, I went to physical stores, libraries, um, everything. No one has this fucking movie. Yeah, I um a long time ago, not a long time ago, well like a year or two ago i was in book off which like sells uh, resells copies and i was like oh lucky number seven oh layer cake and, and then i bought them and they weren't the only copies like a buck fifty yeah wow. good for you i wasn't even looking for them i was just like oh hey and actually okay so i used to have a, an extensive library of but someone stole all my stuff so i don't have that anymore so i'm rebuilding which is why I bought it like a year or two ago. I originally had those movies years ago, but mm-hmm. they were stolen, so I had to rebuy them. And I every time I go to a every time I go to book off or any kind of you know, store that sells less, I'm like, oh, 
I need to get this again. And then if it's less than $5, I just get it. And that's how I got Lucky Number 11. That's how I got all of the movies that I've uh, assigned for homework. And it's funny because when I was assigning your homework, I was literally, you were talking about something. And I literally just looked over at my movies. I have mine alphabetical. Uh-huh. And I was like, Layer Cake, Lucky Number 11. Ooh, revolver would go with that and i just like off the top of my head i'm like here are like five moves i think it gave you those like like yeah all of these movies go together and then you're like do you know how difficult it is to get it and i'm like i can just pick it up no. <laughs> so yeah and then so like well it's not streaming anywhere and then i went like yeah it's on this service it's on- <laughs> like i can get it on google i can get it on i think amazon like half the stuff that streams like all of these movies in the u.s but in australia they're like no you don't get to yeah, you have to have distribution rights. And when Netflix is worrying about distribution rights, they're like, oh, we want movies that people actually see. So, like, anything past 2010 and you're fucked. It's sad, actually. Yes. So that's going to make it quite difficult for me to assign homework for you because we're in this weird situation where, like, you have, like, no distribution. And I'm in L.A. Uh-huh. I have all distribution, all streaming. I have two movie passes to go see in theaters. Anything that's going to come out is going to hit a theater somewhere in LA. Do you know how angry I am at you specifically? (laughs) And me specifically for living in the heart of where movies come from. I'm not jealous that I live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in Australia where no one, where no one distributes movies anymore unless it's Disney or (laughs) you. Well, hey, at least when Disney Plus comes out in like a week or two, you can finally watch some movies unless there's some kind of weird Australian distribution thing where they're like, nah, you only get half of them. Well, which apparently is like what's been happening with everything. Because anytime I'm like, yeah, I just watch this movie, you're like, I can't find it. I think that Disney Plus will be different because Disney owns it. Indeed, but like you said, it's it's all about what they decide to let you see. Yeah, yeah. There's no restraints. They're just like, oh, you want to watch that? Pay us, here. I had to find, like, I had to pay, like, 40 bucks for a movie, and then I realized that it was streaming in Canada. I'm like, for, like, two bucks. Fuck me. (laughs) So that's why we changed the format to this, because Daniel's the king of, like, finding the obscure movies that no one's ever heard of or will. And I Uh can watch literally anything that comes out at any moment. At any moment. Yeah, so you're going to cover... Because it came out, I think, Thursday for me. But he said it's not going to come out till like, almost next year. Yeah, pretty much December 27th, unless there's yeah, an advanced screening that I can track down. December 27th. It already came out, and it's like the beginning of no. It literally came out on Halloween for me. Yep. And you're not going to get it until after Christmas. Nope. That's- well, it's either that or I watched uh, Star Wars. Which, again, that's what I thought was weird, because you're going to get Star Wars a full day ahead of me. Uh-huh. So Disney, um, Disney so has Disney a distribution like deal guys, with Australia, no. with Australian companies. Um, to have it out this around the same time as the US. But like for smaller movies, like I wanted to see the documentary Won't You Be My Neighbor ever mm-hmm. since I saw the trailer. It mm-hmm. didn't even come out. I had to wait for it to come out to like, like DVD all- and digital. No one- Okay, but don't you also have the issue of like, aside from just being in Australia, you're like in the middle of nowhere in Australia. Yep. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but fuck nowhere, uh, Australia, which I guess, Cause like that, the same can be said for people in the U.S. If you're in a flyover state, you're not getting everything that comes out. Yeah. Not. And so like, like you were saying, like like a like a couple of months ago, you were like, "Oh, people can assign can can do assigned seating now." And I'm like, "What do you mean now? We've been doing that for years." And you're like, "No, 
people in the U.S. were saying they didn't have it. I'm like, ah, those are flyover states. Uh-huh. People, <laughs> like in, in, in on the coast, especially like L.A., New York, we get everything. We've been, we get all the innovations. We get like all this stuff. Like perfect example, um, whenever there's a marathon, if there is not a marathon somewhere in the L.A. O.C. area, the, people would probably riot. I don't know. There's like, there's anytime anything happens, L.A. and or Orange County is going to get it. That's how I went to see uh, the Marvel Marathon. Dude, did you know? Oh, my Facebook was insane. When I first, when um, when Endgame was getting ready to come out, it was like, so Endgame came out um, at the end of April, but this was like in February when I thought that they weren't going to be doing any marathons in Los Angeles or Orange County. I was like, how dare you? I'm like, you cannot not do a marathon here. And then it was like, yeah, they're going to be two. And I was like, all right, good. And I'm like, you rat bastard. <laughs> there was one, and technically there was only one. There was one in Los Angeles and one in Orange County. I went to Orange County. Okay, it's um, fine. Because um, the one in Los Angeles was like at El Capitan. There's no parking. Just fuck that. No. And everything's expensive. Uh-uh. I went to Irvine. That was way better. Okay, so I have three more movies, but um, fuck it. Let's talk about Terminator. All right, Terminator Dark Fate, as Spoiler Man already pointed out. Um, it starts, it starts where you, it's like, oh, hey, here's some nostalgia. This is what all the reboots are doing, by the way. All the reboots and the, uh-huh. and the, the sequels, they're like, hey, here's some nostalgia porn for you to get you to really, and get you feeling all comfortable. Oh, by the way, we're just going to fucking kill John Connor. Wait, what? Which is so what? stupid because I've seen the first three Terminator movies. It's kind of important. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So. This is what I was saying earlier. This is technically Terminator. Okay, so here, here's, here's my thing for it. I don't care what technically is. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, what is true is that we, have had, that we have had like nine bullshit movies. This is the sixth one. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. So we've had Terminator. And I yes. fucking love Terminator. It's essentially a horror movie. It's a giant fuck-off monster that is a non-stop killing machine that this, uh, that this guy that's, from, that's underfed and starving and, and terrified is like, I'm going to save my, essentially, um, Jesus' mother in order to, for him to be able to save us, right? Uh, and it's great, and it should have been a franchise. It, to me, the, the, the genre of the Terminator was closer to a thriller with horror elements. I'll give you that because, because I don't know the difference between horror and thriller. A thriller is like, <gasps> they're, gonna, they're chasing you. They almost catch you. Like, that, like, like you, you're almost, whatever you're afraid of is, is right behind you. And you've got to elude it. You've got to escape. You've got to save yourself. Whether it's a psychological thriller or a physical, like, run thriller. Um, and Terminator is kind of a combination of the two. Um, but then, like you said, the Terminator itself is like a horror genre because it's like the monster element of like, he is unthoppable. Uh-huh. By 1980, what was it, 82? Oh my God. 84, I think, but whatever. Um, by like 1984 standards, like you can't, how do you, you shoot him and he just kind of pauses for a minute and he keeps coming. You're like, what? <laughs> so. So that's yeah. what made him like a horror genre. And then the thriller aspect is no matter where you went. So, so the fact that this is um, a franchise at all is very surprising because with Terminator 2, even though 
it's great and I love it a lot. It's just a remake of um, Terminator. Well, see, I think Terminator 2 was the natural progression from Terminator because... I agree, Terminator... but it's also essentially a remake. They just changed the genre to be an action comedy. No, see, that's why it's not a remake. Because it's because the first one was not comedic at all. The first one was like a thriller horror. The second one was less thriller horror. It was more thriller. It was more action comedy, somewhat thriller. Um, and the main difference is... So the first one, they were coming after Sarah Connor because she was going to have... She was going to have the kid who ends up saving people. And the second one, they're like, okay, we failed at going after her. We'll just go after the actual, we'll go after the man, but when he was a kid, because kids are easy to kill. Right? And now, so that's the thinking of a machine, right? Kids are easy to kill, let's kill the kid. But the yeah, problem is, killed like, hundreds you, of kill kids the mom, you didn't kill the mom before she had the kid. You're not going to kill her now, because now she's had time to learn some shit. So, uh-huh. um, I like so, the progression that Sarah Connor went through between Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah, and also it was an interesting concept because in the Terminator, he was the bad, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy. He was the unstoppable, you know, unstoppable force. And then in T2, they amped up the bad guy, but then they brought you, like, instead of having it be Kyle Reese, because you know, he's dead now, they brought in and actually they flipped the script. They had a Terminator, and I think the perfect. Which is a genius story, idea. It, it was. And the, the perfect moment was that moment when she was backing away from him in the hallway. She was like, oh shit. She, she was running from one and she ran right into another one. She's like, oh shit. She tries to like, you know, to like crawl backwards out. And then he goes, come with me if you want to live. And you're like, hell no. I just spent a whole movie of you trying to kill me, you know? <laughs> and then uh, John Connor's there and it's like, I guess. All right, fine. Let's go. Fuck it. Yeah, and that, so the cool thing about that is the fact that because she was internalized for a good portion, when, you know, John, when John Connor grows up, he essentially grew up without, um, like, he was like, what, four or five when he was taken from her? So uh, he, pretty much no, he was a bit older than that because he knows how to hack and stuff. And he's 10 now, so I'm going to guess about eight. What, in Terminator 2? Yeah, in Terminator 2, he was like 12, wasn't he? Yeah, Terminator 2, he was, I want to say he was like, 14. Okay, I get like it. He sounds like a shitty teenager. Because like he's, he's like a preteen. Like a preteen is like very first year teenager. Okay. Um, and she's been in this institution for like a couple years. But it, I, from like, I haven't seen T2 in a while, but I remember them saying like she's been in and out. So he was all, that's why he was the way he was. He wasn't battle, he was battle hardened partly because she was wrong, but also partly because he was in the system. He was in and out of the system constantly. She told him um, how to hack. Which is great. Right. It, um, so it makes T3, perfect sense. In Dark Fate, the reason why this is a direct sequel to T2, uh-huh. all those other, so T3, Rise of the Machine, T4, whatever the hell that was called, I don't remember, and then the Scythe, none of that shit happened. I okay. really like Terminator 3. In all of those movies, like I, at the very end of Terminator 3, the machine, like the, the beginning actually happens, and John Connor, so like, the first movie, they tried to kill Connor. They, the machines weren't successful. They tried to kill the mom. The machines weren't successful. The second movie, they tried to kill John Connor. The machine successful. And, and then in the end of the second movie, they were like, okay, we have to get rid of the chip so that they don't, you know, we, so we stop Cyberdyne systems and we don't have this happen at all. That was her whole no fate thing, right? Uh-huh. So then in, in the, the original Terminator 3, it doesn't, like, that didn't matter. They still... It ended up being like an internet thing, like AI. and Yeah, so that, but and what I really like about Terminator 3, and I do really like Terminator 3, even though it's 
fucking goofy. Just say it out loud. It just <laughs> yeah. So Terminator Three is 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 an interesting idea for the third movie because ter- because John Connor's off the grid. I don't give a shit about John Connor. They're killing all his lieutenants. They're um and what her main objective is is to start uh the rise of the machines. Um the the T X uh, big tits um <laughs> wants to. Um, has to start the um, the rise of the machines, and that's her essentially her entire plan. And she succeeds because it happens. Yes, and it's great. The only thing John Connor can do is to survive. Right, and that's how he ends up fulfilling his destiny. When I saw it, I was like, "It's all right." I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, in my opinion. When I first saw it, it doesn't necessarily hold up well. But in Dark Fate. None of that happens. Okay. So, so uh, in Dark Fate, they go back because what? Because at the end of because uh, like T three Rise of Machines, like oh, remember in T two when we destroyed your friend? Like he had, you had turned a Terminator into your friend and kind of like bodyguard, and you destroyed him to keep Cybernet for ever happening or Cyberdyne systems like from ever happening. Oh yeah. Fuck that. It's still going to happen. And you're still going to be the dude. You're going to end up in a bunker. And this is what, you know, this is how it's going to happen. And in Dark Fate, no, they actually stopped it. It didn't happen. It's the, the, um, the Cyberdyne systems, Terminator models. None of that actually comes true. Fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I movie. Are like, well, wait I'm a glad minute. it all worked out. Like, then how is there a Terminator? And then what's the whole point of this movie? And then what's with, with the chick? Yeah, exactly. It's a whole. It's a completely different system. So wait, it, is it essentially just Skynet again? Yes and no. Um, it's a similar system to Skynet, but this time it's called Legion. And well, that's it's a dumb name. Like, yeah, right. And every time somebody said Legion, all I could think of was like Legion from the comics. Like the I was movie. thinking, I don't know where this line is from, but it, someone's like, "We are Legion." I don't know where that's, that's from. from. That can come from one of two places. It can come from Marvel Comics, but that they took it from the Bible. Like there were demons that said we are. Legion. That's where the whole. That's where the original phrase. It's from came. Ghost Rider. Again, took it from like all of these are taking from the source material. The original source material is the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, so Legion but is a stupid operating but, system. Yeah. So Legion is AI. Okay. Um, and it's an AI. I, they they think that it started. With a chess game, I don't know. I'm not sure. Nobody knows. Whatever. Um, anyway, it's it's a um, it's a it's an AI that decided to adapt on its own. And now, so like with the original Terminator, they were nothing like humans. They were literally just machines. But this AI is like a thinking. It's a it's a thinking artificial intelligence that can actually like mimic human emotions and not just mimic them, but like in a certain extent kind of experience them. They still uh-huh. can't experience them the way humans can, but they kind of can. Because here's a fun fact. Um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger that you see in the movie, he was a Terminator that went back to kill, he's the one who killed John Connor, and he just stayed and aged up, and then he felt bad. He is a Terminator, okay? He's a Terminator and he felt bad. He felt bad for killing John Connor. So then he's been helping Linda Hamilton and she didn't know it. Like he's been helping Sarah Connor throughout the years anonymously. And 
he ends up getting married and has a family and you're like what you're a- i really like that part in the first terminator movie where kyle reese is like he can't feel pity or regret or remorse but if he kills you he'll feel bad about afterwards yeah it's he actually <laughs> but if he kills you he'll feel, yeah if he kills you he'll feel bad about it afterwards so much so that he starts his own family and then helps you later that's that's the <laughs> dumbest thing i've ever heard the best thing about this movie is the CGI in the beginning because I honestly did not know that it was CGI. Arnold Schwarzenegger's part I knew was CGI. Um, but like the Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong, I thought that that was extra footage from Terminator 2 because that's what it looks like. It just straight looks like them. It looks like it was like a scene that they shot that they you know hadn't used and they were like, oh, we'll throw it at the beginning of this movie. And no, that was all de-aging. Like that de-aging has come a long way because that looked legit to me. I didn't find out until after, I, until after hearing people talk about the movie that that was de-aging. I straight thought that was a scene. Like that was a throwaway scene that they didn't need to. Cool. Yeah. So that, and that's the best thing about the movie. Um, there are a lot of CGI action scenes. And I kind of have to agree with Jeremy Johns in that. That's where I got the line, by the way. It wasn't my joke. It was his. Yeah. Figure. Um, I kind of agree with Jeremy Johnson that where he says like action movies, they keep wanting to one up and one up and one up and it gets to the point where you're like, you're completely divested of what's going on because you're like, you see something happen. You're like, okay, they're dead. And then when they're not dead, you just don't care because <laughs> you're like, it's not real. Like it takes you, it's so ridiculous that it takes you. And just like he said, that scene, there's a scene where they're in a Hummer. <clears throat> and I remember the moment you're taken out of it. Because they're in this Hummer and they're going over um, the Hoover Dam. And you're like, there's no way. Like, even in a Hummer, they cannot survive that fall. Even if they, like, the only way they could possibly survive is if they had control of the vehicle, which they didn't. And they were, like, driving down, which they would still probably die in the whiplash from the crash hitting the water, right? Right. But you're like, whatever. They're, like, they, if they go over that cliff, they're dead. And, of course, they go over the cliff and you're like, I don't care what happens anymore because this is not real. <laughs> It's like that scene in Fast and Furious when they're in Dubai and they're like, yeah, we're going to jump from one tower to the next. It's like, these are the tallest buildings on the, on the planet. And sure, you're just going to drive a car from one to the other and you're going to perfectly survive. Yeah, but like the, the main difference is that Fast and Furious is ridiculous. Yeah, Fast and Furious knows that They market it on how like, dumb it is. <laughs> but I, I feel like Terminator has become that, which is kind of a shame because it wasn't that in the beginning. Like T2... The reason why we loved it so much was because it had all this CGI, but it was, it, the CGI served the story. It made it feel more believable. You actually felt like this could be real. Like there could be a T-1000 that could mimic people and kill everybody. And there's just nothing you can do. Also, I, I will somewhere. say about, I will I say about some- the, the, uh, the, oh. the bad guy was awesome. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, he was a believable Terminator. So what I heard about CGI was because it takes so long to render and to create, you basically have to just write in action scenes with CGI and then just stick with them, even if they no longer fit the rest of the story, Uh, which is why stuff like the new Ghostbusters, um, you have the story and then they just do an action scene with a giant ghost that doesn't feel like it's connected. I I think it depends on like the studio you're from because it does take a long so like when they're when they decide what they're going to do with cgi they use storyboards to like draw it up first and marvel has pretty much automated their cgi process oh yeah some people say that it doesn't work because it you know they don't like it they think it looks cheesy 
Well, some but of it I does mean, look cheesy, but like, but at just... the same time, like it's it's horribly efficient and it works quickly. Like they can like think about it. All of their movies, they'll sit, they'll announce that the movie's coming out next year, and they literally just finished casting it. They haven't rendered anything yet. They haven't shot any principal yet. They just finished casting it, and then like next year it'll be out. And it used to take a full year for a post. I think it's pretty amazing that like out of all the CGI that's in those movies, considering how often they get made, you have like only one bad shot. Yeah. And it's usually a human. It's, well, I personally, I think that another thing Marvel does right is that they don't follow the formula that each thing, like every time you do something has to be bigger and better and bigger and better. Um, like look at this, the split with Infinity War. Uh-huh. What did they give us in between? They came back to Earth. And they were like, oh, here's a, another little heist movie. That's what they did with after the, after, um, after the second event. After Avengers Age of Ultron, they were like, here, have a little heist movie. Because you're thinking every movie is going to get ramped up and ramped up. And they're like, no, nope, we're going to bring it all the way back down to just a regular. And that, that's what they did with Winter Soldier. That's why it works so well. Because after Avengers, you're like, everything's going to be bigger and badder. And then you, you have like Iron Man 3 and the Convergence. And then Winter Soldier was like, Nah, it's just going to be like a spy film. So sometimes you do have to, you, you, ha- you can't go up, up, up forever. You have to come back down. But if you do it in a controlled way, it works. And okay. I think, that's, um, I think that, that's what you needed with Terminator. Like you had original Terminator and then you had T2 up the stakes. I think an adequate T3 actually needed to come back down to Terminator level and have it just be like one Terminator coming after one person and not have it be like the big, the big flashy, like, like the, so in, in Dark Fate, you have an enhanced human, uh-huh. which is pretty much the same principle as the, the Genesize, where it was like John Connor ended up becoming a Terminator, which was really stupid. That does sound stupid. Uh, Almost as stupid as him being killed in, last, in the first five minutes. No, that, I'm talking about the fourth one. Or the I know, one. but like, he got killed in the first five minutes. It just seems ridiculous. Also, I looked up oh, no, spoilers yeah. because I don't care. It was. And see, and that's the weird thing. I feel like if they had done that at the end, that'd be one. Oh, yeah. If they had, if, if he had started the resistance with, um, what's her face and what's her name? What's uh, her face? Yeah. And him and Sarah Connor had started the resistance and he, like, inspired, like, a small pack of rebels to start fighting the machines and then got killed. That's fine. He was killed in Terminator 3, right? In Terminator 3, uh, the Terminator sent back in time killed him. And he's like, yeah, I killed you. I don't care. I'm a Terminator. It's not like I'm going to feel bad after I complete my mission. That would be dumb. Yeah. Um, I think what should have happened was instead of it being the Terminator, like the, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, instead of having him come back and kill John Connor, they should have both lived. But then say for some reason she and John get separated and... It's John who has to help them. It's John who was sending her all of this stuff. Because John figured out some kind of way to predict how Terminators are coming in. That would have been way better. It wouldn't have been as funny because I have to admit, like, the scenes with Arnold as, he, he goes by Carl. He's a fucking Terminator. He goes by Carl. And he that's, sells that's just funny. And that's hilarious. It's, it's just funny. But it doesn't really work for the film. No. It doesn't work for the franchise. Um, it's a shame, but, and really. it would have been better if instead of having you know Schwarzenegger come back as Carl, if it had been John Connor that was doing all of that. Yeah, because that makes sense from like everything we know about him. 
exactly. Like, that's how he saves people. You know, that's how, or it could have had, instead of it being the girl, um, Danny, that ends up being the savior this time, it could just keep it with John. Like, yeah, they're coming after John again. Yeah, <laughs> they're just I'm going to stop trying to kill you. It was a different situation. You stopped Cyberdyne. Now it's Legion, and we're, we're here again. It would have been tired. It would have been a retread. But it still would have worked better than killing him in the first 10 minutes. That's, that doesn't fly with T2 fans. Because the entire movie is to keep him alive. And then the first every movie is to keep him alive. The, the first three movies are all about how important John Connor is. And then you're exactly. like, and they fuck immediately it. kill him so that they can go, okay, now it's this chick Danny. What? I mean, um, and she literally does the exact same thing that John Connor did in, like, you know, all the movies that came after were like, oh, he was the general who helped people. That's all she does. She's no different than John Connor. Young Latina chick this time. Yeah, I mean... That's the only difference. So and, the, and the difference is, instead of it being Cyberdyne systems, it's Legion. The, the, the funny thing about the fact that all the T-800s look like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, is the fact that Kyle Reese came back in time and was like, I had to make sure that it was really him. Because, as we all know, all the T-800s look exactly like him. Yes. Which is so stupid because, like, just have it be other people. That way we never know who the Terminator well, that's what is. that's they eventually did. Because, like, so T-800 is the first model. Yeah, but, like, you got the T-1000 and he can morph into stuff and so you have other actors yeah, exactly. play him. But that's what, so that's, that's kind of, that's like the progression of the, the Terminator program. The very first Terminator is the T-800. Or technically, it's not, anyway, um, that's the first model. It's the Arnold. And then after that, they got more advanced, which is how you get T-1000, the other T's, all the T's afterwards. All the T's. They all look like different people. They can morph into different people, which is way scarier than here's this one dude slowly walking towards you with, you know, a bunch of machine guns. I don't know. Away from him, you got a minute before he can get back to you. Meanwhile, you cannot get away from the one that can morph into a machine. Like, uh-huh. so it can be anybody. It can literally be, that was the scariest part to me when the, the Terminator punctured um, her arm and was calling the John. And he's like, okay, there are two moms. Like, which one is my mom? That's the terrifying part. You don't know who the Terminator is. So you might be going to your doom. That to me is way more of like a psychological scare than the, the physical scare of like, oh, there's this giant machine that is very machine-like coming after you, thinking the way a machine would think. But then there, here's one that has adapted to human thinking and can adapt and can be anybody. You don't know who it is. That right. to me is, is more, it's more of a psychological. That's why earlier I said, you know, TT was more of a psychological thriller because that's terrifying. You're a kid. You're like 13 years old and you don't know which one is your mom. You know, you've got to kill the other one. That's like, that's, that's a pretty scary, like that's a mind fuck if you're a kid. You're like, which one's my actual mom? This is crazy. And they're both like, they're acting identical. That, that, like, in that one moment, like, that was, to me, that was nuts. And especially, like, throughout the movie where, like, his, um, his foster parents get killed, but it mimics their voice and mimics their look. And that same thing, the exact same thing happened in Dark Fate. Um, in the very beginning, it, it arrives, and I don't remember what this one's called, because it's not T's anymore, because it's no longer Cyberdyne, it's, it's Legion. So they Legion. just called it, straight up called it a Terminator. So it's just, it's a, <laughs> 
So, um, so we're legion. We're not Cyberdyne, even though we make Terminators and want to take yeah. over the world and do all the stuff. But we're not Cyberdyne, but humans Indeed. made us because we, because yeah. humans They're are stupid. So the first thing he does is he lands in her apartment complex. You know, all before they land like in weird places, like even the one who comes to save her, she actually arrives first and she arrives like on some random like bridge in Mexico City. And she's got to get to the girl she's supposed to protect. Meanwhile, the Terminator that comes for her literally lands in her apartment complex. And he just take, and then he doesn't even have to steal clothing. He just walks up. And this is kind of a weird thing. They don't explain this. You see it and you're like, okay, sure. So when he arrives, for some reason, the energy that's created by him arriving now is every him. That so, makes sense. Like, he arrives in this, the, you know how they like the, the bubble is created when they first land and they arrive uh -huh. naked. Well, Which is hilarious because the T-1000 is made out of liquid metal. So he just wanted to look naked. <laughs> well, no, it's the, it's actually explained that you have to go through the portal without any clothing. Yeah, but and like he's made of liquid metal. Yeah. He's not got, uh, does he have like skin? Yes. The, the Terminators have to have, that's why the Terminators so if you look at the like if you look in the in the future part, whenever they show the future, the Terminators don't have skin; they just look like exoskeletons, like like the metal. But then uh -huh. when they come into when they go back in time, they have skin because in order to get through the portal, you have to have human skin. That was like the protection that the humans created, so that the machines couldn't go through. So machines created the 800 to be able to mimic human skin. So it has human skin, so it can mimic it can like fool the, the algorithm and go back. All right. That's why they have to have. That's why they're naked. Okay, so uh, we we got to move on to um, to um, Gemini Man and Double Tap. But would you recommend seeing this movie? What Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah. I mean, we've already given like all the spoilers. <laughs> I mean, yes, but do you think that I should see it? Um, if you are the type, it's kind of like the the the, the uh, Star Wars thing. Like, if you just really need to see how it all ends, then sure, go see it. But okay. if you're like a T, like a Terminator T2 purist, it's gonna piss you off that they killed off John Connor in the first episode. I mean, it That's sort of does. You you're not gonna recover from that because the movie doesn't. Die. Oh damn. Okay, so I want to see it. Um, let's talk about um, what do you want to talk about next? Gemini Man or Double Tap? Um, it doesn't really matter. Double Tap was interesting. It it was like a Double Tap was it was just a sequel to uh, Zombieland. Zombieland was, you know, it was fun, action comedy, cute, um, in that, you know, people blow up zombies, people in the head, decapitate people, you know, cute in that kind of way. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's, and Double Tap is, it's just, it's the sequel. No There's not really much to say about it. I mean, it's fun, it's entertaining, it's worth the watch. If you liked Zombieland, you'll like Zombieland Double Tap. It's basically just like, oh, it's 10 years later. They're still dealing with it, and now they've categorized the zombies. I, I um, <laughs> the, the only thing I know about Double Tap is the fact that they have jokes based on stuff that we have now that they don't have well, because see, it started eight years so ago or something. That's the thing that I will admit. So basically, you just watched. Okay. Um, so the the thing that I do like about it is that it's it doesn't. So like a, a lot of studios would try to put in like current things that we're going through or current situations like like current slang and try to you know shove it into a movie to be like hey see we're hip and this movie doesn't do that it's like no this is the continuation of what would have happened if it was 10 years later in that land 
It's almost like a Sims program. You kept running and they decided to check in on it. This is what would happen. <laughs> like, and that, so I, I, I praise it for that because it, there's a lot of like studios love to try to throw in just like that's what the last Jedi did. You know, the last Jedi was like, Oh, here's some stuff from now. And people were like, no, we don't go to see now. We go to see, it's literally the very beginning is it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I don't want to see stuff I'm dealing with now. And the, you know, Zombieland Double Tap didn't do that. Zombieland Double Tap was like, no, it's 10 years, you know, it's 10 years later for them in their universe. So That's that was fair. I was like, um, I might see it. I might see it as like a double feature with the original Zombieland. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll do that. Um, but what I really want to talk about is Gemini Man. You I just sit out there. I don't know anything about Gemini Man, except for the fact that it looks weird. Um, kind of does. So the de-aging technology that is in Terminator Dark Fate is not what they used in Gemini Man. Oh, wow. Really? There are like four different versions of Will Smith. And the thing that gets me is like Will Smith has been acting for that long. You could literally just take him from a movie and be like, yeah, just put that face on this. But, and it, it, it doesn't work as well, I have to admit. It's like, it, it looks, it's almost like his face doesn't fit when he's, you know, behaving as the younger version. It's weird. Um, it's, there are a couple of scenes where it's not noticeable, but aside from that, it is. So, but aside from the CGI, um, I still liked it. Well, that's good. What's it about? Because, yeah. like, the only thing I know about it is that the CGI looks bad or weird. Oh. <laughs> no one said bad. People said um, weird. Okay, so Will Smith is an assassin, but he's not like a bad guy assassin. He's like a government asset assassin. Okay. Um, so he's like he's a killer for the good guys. Um, if there is such a so Deadshot. Uh, no, Deadshot wasn't a good. Well, he was Deadshot working was for the government. Guy. Yeah, he's a he's a Deadshot for the government. Exactly, he's a government Deadshot. Yeah. And um, he decides to retire, and there is a situation where somebody did some things. And they gave him a contract that he wasn't supposed to have, but they gave it to him through official channels. So he did it and he thought everything was cool, but it's kind of, it's very much like Jason Bourne where it's like the whole reason why Treadstone was coming after Jason Bourne is because they were like, yeah, we did some shit and uh, we can't answer for that. So we're just going to cover it up by killing you. That's what happens in this movie. They, that's, that's exactly what happens in this movie. The, okay. the government did some shit and it wasn't like the government. It was like a couple of rogue agents in the government they gave him a kill that was unsanctioned and to cover it up, they tried to kill him and everybody on his team. They successfully killed everybody on his team. They did not kill him. Very Jason Bourne. Um, but instead of him fighting hand to hand like Jason Bourne, he's dead shot. He kills people. Like he shoots people. And they decide to send a 25 year old version of him after, or not even 25. He's like 21. They send like a 21 year old version of him after. It and, sounds um, overly complicated for a government mission. Why do they have a clone oh, of him? Yeah, and so and so he's a clone, but the kid doesn't know that he's a clone. And um, and Will Smith's character finds out about it by seeing himself try to shoot him. And he's like, "That'll do it." Yeah, that's that's like what the fuck am I looking at here? And um, a woman that he saved, like so. Of course, you know, every, they, they go after everybody on his team, and uh, they send. So he retires at the very beginning. He kills this dude, and then he's like, "Okay, that's it. I'm retiring." And you could have just let, like, honestly, the the common sense thing was just to let him be because he had retired. Um, and 
they didn't they decide not to do that they decide to kill him because they've got to cover up the fact that the guy the last guy he killed was actually like a scientist and not some evil guy that he's supposed to kill or the evil guy that they they made him seem like and um they should have just let him you know left him alone because if they just left him alone he wouldn't have you know he would have just lived out his life and and nothing would have come of it but they decide to come after him but he's too smart for that so um, they send somebody to watch him, and she's not at all good at being undercover. And <laughs> like, she, had, yeah, she holds up the newspaper with the eyes cut out. <laughs> no, she's like he, he's you know again he's retired, so he's like in his fishing, and he goes to get um you know you know, goes to talk to the person about paying for gas. Instead of it being the same dude it always is and has been for years, it's this girl who's supposed to be a college student, and he's like, uh huh. This is the Department of Defense. <laughs> it was like immediately, it was like, yeah, you're DOD. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she tries to play offended and everything. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, to make it up for it, um, to make up for it from my accusation, um, we, let me take you out to dinner. And she's like, uh, okay. Because and then even, we, as, even with a spy, even when he's in danger, he will not not date a pretty girl. Oh, no. What he does when he shows up for dinner is he's like, here's your DID like info. <laughs> so he's like, I told him, like, I knew you were DID, like, or, or um, Department of Defense, or DOD. He's like, he gives her, like, her, basically, like, her sleeve. He's like, yeah, you're not DOD, right? And she's like, what did you know? <laughs> and, and, you you know, it turns out later that, like, in, um, in his asking her out, basically he was dropping her defenses. And it worked, and he was just like, and when she dropped her defenses, he got enough information that he was able to find her entire sleeve. And, yeah, that's you. That's... So you want to lie to me again and be like, yeah, you're not an, you know, you're not here to watch me? That sounds really stupid. Is it stupid or is it good? It, I mean, it was, it's fine. It's right. fine. Because it's like, she wasn't like a terrible actress about it. She, she did try to pull it off. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. But he was like, yeah. And then like when he was at dinner and he was talking to her, he like laid out the orgy of evidence that it was like, nah, I knew from the jump that you were DOD. Because <laughs> like, you got to realize like this guy just retired from it, which means all of her life he was doing it. So um, he knows exactly how, you know, he knows, and she had, like, she was supposed to be in college, so she had the right books, and he was like, okay, so if I go to your house, I'm going to find more books like that, right? He's like, no, nah, I know you're not, <laughs> and, and he was right. So, but then um, when they start, when the kills start coming, he realizes they're going to they're kill her too, because at first, because he already knew that she was Department of Defense, but his question was, is she just there to watch him, or is she one of the people, like, is she going to try to you know, kill him? We realize it's like, no, she was literally just there to watch him. He's like, okay, they're going to kill her too. And they do try, and he saves her. And then Yay. she gets the DNA sample from, she steals the DNA sample from him, and then gets a DNA sample from his clone, and she's like, it's a 100% match. Like, he is you. This that is, your is clone. That's interesting. Because she thought, like, when she first saw him, she thought, did you have a kid you don't know about? And he's like, no, that's impossible. It turns out he's a virgin. Ha! So he's that's really the most unbelievable that. part of the movie. <laughs> It's Will uh, Smith. There's no way. Yeah, well, because the whole time that he was in, so before he was Department of Defense, he was in the military, and he was like special ops, like Green Beret type. And the whole time, he's just been mission, mission, mission. And um, he basically admits that he's like he's like a well-rounded psychopath. Like the only time he feels okay is when he's killing. That's when he feels normal. And um, so that's why he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of stay away from people. <laughs> so, so that's what he does. That's why he doesn't have any kids. That's why he never bothered to date or anything. Like, no, I'm, I'm really good at killing people and I feel good doing it. I really like it. So 
it's not for me to be part of society. That's why. Made him a Terminator. Exactly. All right. Um, so yeah, so he's um he so that's why he's like, no, I absolutely don't have any children. Like I promise you, I don't have any children. And then when she like because she didn't believe him, she managed to get a sample a DNA. Of course, sample she didn't believe him. Look at him. He's yeah, he is. He looks identical. And she gets the samples, and it's like, no, this is the same person. And so then you find out that the guy who trained original Will Smith took the same way she got a DNA sample, he took a DNA sample and created a clone of Will Smith because he is the perfect killing machine. Are there and any other clones? As I his bet son. there's more clones. What? I bet there's more clones. There are a lot of them. Um, and he raised them as his son. And he didn't know that, like, so, and which is funny because the, the guy who did this is Clive Owen, and he raised Will Smith Jr. as a, He just called him Jr. And he raised him as a son. And he raised him to be a perfect killing machine. So, like, his bonding activities were hunting. And oh. he raised him to be a psychopath. Really? And, um, and then Will Smith's job, aside from keeping him from killing him, is to talk him down and try to, like, turn him. And at first, you're like, there's no that. But then it works. Of course and- it works. <laughs> like, if I, were, if I were doing this See, training- I haven't seen this movie, but I know exactly what's going what, what's to happen. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it, if I were doing, like, a, a, a screen rant uh, pitch meeting, it would be like, Oh, so he's got to have, it's going to be really hard for him to convince his younger self. No, it's going to be super easy. Barely inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> he convinces him, he turns to his side. And then um, the minute Clive Owen realizes that his son, in quotes, has turned against him and turns towards the other guy, then he sends out another one. <laughs> and Of course. And they kill that one. And uh, well, he's, at first he sends an army. And then when the army fails, because. But the whole army. Yes, Fails. because you have original sharpshooter Will Smith, and then you have junior Will Smith, and then you have the woman. So the three of them are destroying this army. What's that Arnold and, movie? Uh, there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that's exactly this. Exactly this. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, know Arnold gets cloned, uh, and they have to take down the bad guy because there's been illegal cloning. And then they give each other a high five, and they do double puns. Are you talking about... Total Recall? No, I'm talking about. I think it's the sixth day. The sixth day. This is the sixth day. The one about the uh, the sixth day is like the supernatural. Uh, I'm pretty sure the sixth day is the supernatural one. That one was bullshit. Um, yeah, you the sixth day from 2000. Uh, it's about cloning. So there's a, a program that can clone your pets, and someone's like, "Let's clone Arnold Schwarzenegger because what's better than one Arnold Schwarzenegger than two?" Oh, it's sixth two day. Well, then what's the one that I'm thinking of? What's the most, um, there was you're thinking two, of The Sixth Day from 1986. There, he was in two movies called The Sixth Day? No. no but there's another movie uh, called The Sixth Day in, from 1986. No, this was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, so there's uh, cloning um, and there's a secret government conspiracy in order to um, get clones. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, what the hell was it? Now it's going to bug me. Like, what the hell was the name of the movie that I was thinking of? Oh, oh End of Days. That's ah, the that crap. Don't ever watch that. Okay. I, I thought The Sixth Day was pretty good. I don't remember The Sixth Day. Every time somebody has said The Sixth Day, I keep thinking of End of Days. I don't know why. Well, because End it's a similar title. crap. Don't watch it. Terrible. It's a waste of time. It was, oh. And sadly, I saw it in the theater. It's just so bad. So bad. All right. So, Anywho, um... Um, so this movie ends with them killing a 17-year-old version of Wilson, who has been desensitized so that he does not, he doesn't emotionally feel pain, but he also physically doesn't feel pain. 
and he's just a kid and they kill him and then that fucks up the 25 year old version and then when it comes time to kill clive owen the 25 year old one is going to do it but then the 45 year old one is like no 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 that's gonna fuck you up like despite the fact that you've killed literally hundreds of people if you kill the guy who raised you essentially killing your own father that's gonna scar you for life let me do it yeah i'll do it i don't give a shit exactly (laughs) and he's like i'm already hardened fuck it and he does it and then the 25 year old version of him goes to college and tries to be a normal and oh and it's like a there's like a weird father-son thing but it's not really a father-son because it's him it's his clone but then he's like gonna be his own man and the whole thing is a metaphor for making your own way like making your own decisions not being who someone sets you up to be but being your own person nature versus nurture something like that Something like that. That's, All right. That's, uh, anything else? Um, that I can think of. of no. Uh, did you see any other movies? Yeah, but I can't access my AMC account right now, so I can't remember what those were. Oh well. Yeah, uh, AMC like the app is is acting all glitchy right now because normally like you can go and just hit my AMC and then it's like boom, here are the little movies you saw for the last six months. But now every time I do that, it's like an error occurred. So. Those are the only apologize. We hope that you are not currently recording a podcast where you need this app. That would be annoying. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I I have no idea what I saw with my AMC pass because I can't remember. I have no concept. Because you wanted to talk about the movies I saw in October. Yeah. I can't remember. That's all right. I, I have no concept of time. And without physically seeing like there are times when I'm like, I'll see something and I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw that. I just I don't so whereas you are like, you are very controlled and you're like, I'm scheduled and regimented. I am. I think that uh, this podcast is much better now that we've blended the chaos with non-chaos. It's a good in between. <laughs> we can see whatever we want, um, but also it will probably have a theme. I don't know. Oh, hey, you saw that one movie with the, what was it called? The, it was an Iranian film? Oh, Yeah. What was that all about? So um, I want to, so I, I have one more that I want to, there's two that I saw. The, the one that I want to talk about, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I saw uh, an Indian film called You uh, From here it looks like it's pronounced Yuare. Yuare? Yeah, Yuare. Okay. So I saw Yuare, nailed the pronunciation. Not going to try again because how can you top that? Uh, and it's a, and it's about um, this woman who wants to become a pilot, and uh, so she's so we see her when she's a little girl and she's on a plane and she's like I want to be a pilot, and then her dad's like Good luck with that, uh, and she has a and she has a great support network and everything works out and she doesn't she, she becomes a pilot forever and nothing bad happens. Oh, except for the fact that that she has um, an abusive boyfriend. So she breaks up with her boyfriend because he's emotionally manipulating her. Like he's cutting himself whenever she doesn't call him back up uh, really quickly. He's doing all sorts of shit. And so she, she becomes a pilot and then breaks up with him because he's an asshole. And he does an acid attack and throws acid in her face, which is fucked. Son? Oh, yeah. Wait, um, because that writing looks like it's, it, um, it almost looks like it's uh, Sri Lankan. Country is India and um, language is Malay, Malaya? Fuck me. Huh. Okay. 
I can't pronounce shit, but it is from India. <laughs> I just say that because, like, I have a friend who's from Sri Lanka, and that looks like his his language. Um, it might be similar. I don't know. I'm not cultured. <laughs> uh, it's really good. She, um, because of the acid attack, she can't become a pilot, so she becomes a flight attendant. And her dad's like, "You want to be up on the plane, so be up on the plane." And no one's gonna hire her because half her face is missing. And half her face is missing. Yeah, so she got an acid attack to the face, right? Uh, so her half her face is like horribly burnt because of acid. Gotcha. Uh, it's fucked. And then, um, and then she goes to someone that has connections to an to uh, an air company uh, that basically runs planes. So they're like, um, I, I don't know. I can't. I literally can't name any. Uh, people that own planes now but she, he goes to one of those and he's like it'll be good marketing and we could hire her and she's very smart and charismatic and they're like okay I guess that'd be fun we can do marketing and so she, he does and then she's like I, I wasn't serious look at my face this is fucked and then her dad's like no you gotta do it because you love being in the air and so she does and then like everything works out forever, except for the fact that a stupid ex-boyfriend shows up and he's like, hey, sorry about ruining your face. You want to come live with me again? And then she's like, fuck you. And then throws water in his face. And I, and so, so she gets fired from her job, um, even though, and then, and then after she gets fired from her job on her last place, she doesn't get unfired, by the way. She just gets fired. Um, and then she, and then everyone, uh, that all of her support network, like her dad, her new boyfriend, some kids, literally other people, all of which like her are on this plane and it's a nice ending and she's probably going to be fine. And the fact, the fact that you have this movie where she, um, basically gets an acid attack and all her dreams are crushed and it still seems positive. It's really, um, it's really good filmmaking. That's good. So even though all her dreams are crushed because of this, I bet you she could find another job on a plane because that's the kind of movie that this is. It's like you have to overcome things that you can't control and negative things that happen. But as long as you have a strong support network uh, and a, remain positive, it'll be fine. And you'll be fine. I promise. And that's what the movie's about. It's about the power of being positive and making sure that you have a strong support network. It's really cute. Okay. That's good. I'll check it out one day. You said, mm -hmm. was that the one that was on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. All right, cool. Super um, easy to, so to find, even if you can't pronounce it. I decided to go on Letterboxd because every now and then I keep it up. <laughs> I found a few more movies that I saw in October. Um, Hustlers, Ad Astra, Angel Has Fallen, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, The Kitchen, Ready or Not. Which one do you want to talk about? Because we're running out of time. Indeed. Um, I'm just a brief, like, Ready or Not was pretty good. Okay. It was, um, had a bit of a twist ending because it kind of set up like, oh, this is all bullshit. And it was like, oh, nope, it's not. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, the Kitchen, I liked better than pretty much everybody else did because I thought it was perfectly fine. And everybody was like, oh, no, it's crap. The Kitchen, uh, fun fact, is actually a DC really? comic. They did not advertise it. I, I wouldn't imagine not because it's not yeah. superheroes, is it? What is it? No, it's just like, there's no kind of, in fact, in this movie, 
there's no there's there's no thought that superheroes exist at all. There's no Joker, there's no Superman, there's no Batman. It's just like 1970s Hell's Kitchen. Three women are trying to like they they were married to the mob. Their dudes get arrested, and I'm gonna spoil it because nobody's gonna watch it. Um, it turns out that one of the women was in on the dudes getting arrested, and her boyfriend, who ends up who is actually a cop, is well, he's not just a cop; he's like a federal agent. He's the one who had them arrested in the first place, and she had that orchestrated so that they could take over the mob. And That's I, I was brilliant. Like, yeah. Um, and then where'd you go, Bernadette? It was cute. It was um, so it's the kind of movie you would like because it's like a it's what you would consider a feminism role, where like it's not an action film. It's not a woman in a so-called. I, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that I needed to see more movies like that. Well, it would it would be like this would be that type of movie, um, and it's about her finding herself. Um, and it's it's really good in that the whole point of the movie is. Not everybody is meant to have the life, the, like the status quo life. And if you are an artist and you don't create, that is toxic. And that's the, that was the whole point. Um, but it was a good movie. Um, okay, Hustler, when I said that, what I meant was that I keep, I just watch action movies with female leads. I wanted to watch something different. Okay. Well, that Where'd You Go, Bernadette would be in that category. Cool. Um, Hustlers is another one of those. It's very, it's similar to The Kitchen. And that, um, you know, women felt taken down by the system because um, what happened was these women were um, uh, like dancers and they were um, trying to find the PC way of saying it because all I can think of is like kitty. A crew of, um, of savvy former strip club employees band together to turn the tables uh, on the Wall Street clients. Yeah, so what happens is there's, there's these women who, they have a strip club right outside of Wall Street and they get like the high rollers and that's how they make their money and everything's cool. And then 2008 comes and when the bust happens, all the lower level people at Wall Street stop going, like they all, they're devastated. They, they lost everything. So they stop going to strip clubs. So the high-end clients aren't enough to keep the strip clubs open. So now they have to figure out a way to get money and they turn into hustlers. And everything was fine except JLo's character goes a little too far and then she does some shit she shouldn't and then some shit happens. And shit happens. That's every movie. Yeah. It, everything is fine until the plot. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's one of those movies where like they would have been fine. They would have gotten away with it until JLo went a little too, it was her actions that did it. Oh. Um, I, I'm looking forward to this. The undoing. It it was it was a decent movie. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't that great. It was just, it was okay. Cool. And okay. then Ad Astra is a slow burn. Like I didn't see it no. because I'm like I've already seen First Men. No, thank you. It's not first. It's not. But it's, like, it's a very slow space movie. You actually might like it because you're Mister Character. And it is definitely a character story. True. It I didn't like First Man. But a character story. I, <laughs> I didn't like First Man, but I, um, but uh, because he's not charismatic, I don't care about him. He sucks. Uh, and the and the entire plot was about like, look how exciting, you know how exciting going to the moon is? Turns out Neil Armstrong didn't care at all. 
Yeah, that's why I think you would like Ad Astra because Ad Astra is nothing but a character. Cool. Um, I don't, I don't know if you would like the character. Probably by the end, maybe not like in the middle, but you probably would by the end. But it's literally just like it's the longest. It feels like you're there for four or five hours. It just, it takes, it drags on and on from scene to scene. Every scene takes 20 minutes. and it's, I'm it's not watching it. You're not selling it well. But it's not. No, I am selling it well. The commercials don't sell it well because the commercials show you action. And like those, those action scenes are like the four action scenes that happen in the film. And the rest of the film takes 20 minutes for each scene. Oh. <laughs> so I am, sell- I am selling it accurately. Okay. Okay, That's fine. It's that- not bad film because it is a good character study. But you have to, get, it's like you have to earn it. You have to get through. This movie is the vegetables with like a really good piece of cake at the end. That's what this movie is. Like the, the beginning of the movie is like the vegetables, not just vegetables. It's like the one you're like, oh, man, I have to eat sprouts and cheese. <laughs> like, no, man. And then within when you get to the end, you're like, yeah, but that was a really good piece of cake. <laughs> and like, you can't get the cake until you eat the vegetables. Like that's, that's what that Astro is like. All right. Um, if you watch Jeremy John's review of it, it was like perfect. He like perfectly summed up what I thought about because like when for me when I go to when I watch um when I watch reviews for movies I watch the movie first and then I go back when I'm done and see what everybody else thought about it and like do they line up with what I think so far Jeremy Johns and John Flickinger are the closest they're not a hundred percent they're at about 75 percent but those two are the closest to what I think um I, I think that's interesting in terms of how you use critics what I do is if I want to see a movie I'll just see a movie but then I go, um, I go to like um, I listen to uh, the critically acclaimed podcast, and they mm-hmm. talk about like the big movie coming out, and then a bunch of small movies they saw. So I'll I'll watch the big movie if I want to, and then they'll talk about that, and then I then they'll also mention these other ones, and I'm like I've never heard of that, and then I watch it or I don't. Well, for me, I also I'll use critics for something, or not critics, but like online reviewers. Like, you know, Chris Duckman, Jeremy Johns, you know, et cetera. I will use those guys when it's a movie I have no interest in seeing. Like, I had zero interest in seeing the movie Crawl until everybody was like, it's actually not bad. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll go see it. Why not? I have 17 movie passes. It's going to be free. Yeah. So I went to see it. And I actually was like, yeah, it's actually a pretty good movie. Like, I'm was- 100% sure that if I, if I had a movie pass, I would not have time to do a podcast because I would just be at the cinema. <laughs> You just be watching movie after movie. After movie. Uh-huh. That was always funny. Like yesterday, I was like, oh man, I wanted to go see Jojo Rabbit. Now you want me to see Judy? And you're like, see both. You can. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> did you end up seeing Jojo Rabbit? No, because I don't have the time to do all uh-huh. that. I, I would have loved to. Um, I'm probably going to see it tomorrow because I don't know if I'll have time to see it today either. I've got a lot going on. But um, see I'm Jojo Rabbit and tell me that I'm right for being excited about it. Tell you what? Tell me that I want. I want to hear your review of it so that I can be like, I knew it would be good, or damn it. <laughs> if you end up liking Jojo Rabbit, we're waiting until Jojo Rabbit comes out to do the best okay. of the year list because I want to see it. I, if not, then we won't. But I really, really hope Jojo Rabbit is good. Holy shit! If if it turns out that we have to wait to see Jojo Rabbit for me to do my best of the year list, and I end up not liking it, I'm gonna be so pissed. So, I mean, it's a really easy fix. Just do your best of the year list right now for all the things you've seen. And then if you see Jojo Rabbit and you like it, throw it in there at the end. Um, okay. So that way, like, don't hold up the list. You have the list. And then 
you know, then check it out and we can throw it in there later. All right. Um, but so far, Detective Pikachu is number 10. And I'm like, there's got to be something better than Detective Pikachu, which is a guilty pleasure at best. Kidding me. Okay. Um, oh, speaking of little movies, there are two movies that are like lesser known that I saw a lot. Well, three. Um, one is Official Secrets. One is Britney Runs a Marathon. And the other one is Don't Let Go. I saw all three of those ones. Cool. Um, we don't have time to talk about Right. Them, but, but I mean, just they're, they're all pretty good. Don't Let Go is it was what you think it was. Official Secrets is based on a true story. Actually, Official Secrets and Britney Runs a Marathon are based on, uh, like, loosely based on official stories, on, on, like, real life. And I looked up the, the real life events for Britney Runs a Marathon, and the real life was, like, so boring. I'm like, this great, like, just, it may as well have been completely not based on, on real life, because the real life was, like, pathetic. But then the, the movie was better. That's good. So, yeah, but Official Secrets was based on, um, on the British person who outed the fact that uh, the U.S. and Britain were going to war in Iraq illegally. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, but it, it was a good film, though. And it was well acted by Keira Knightley. And the dude, I don't know the dude's name, but the guy who played her husband. Um, so, like, all three of those I saw. Those are lesser knowns, but they were good. Excellent. All right. Um, this was fun. I'm really glad that we're going to do this once a week instead of having to cover four times as many movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, this would be good. So we're going to do this uh, once a week. We're going to do um, going to do this format unless like a big movie comes out like Star Wars. When Star Wars comes out, we're going to cover all of Star Wars instead. Uh, and Ooh, we're also... An ep- oh, that's going to be one hell of an episode. I can't wait for that. And then after that, we're going to... And then once a month, we're also going to do a list. Yeah. Um, You're a little bit addicted to lists. So we kind I really of have like lists. One. You do. Yeah, but like, we can do that. We'll be like, I'll be like, hey, what about this? And he'll be like, here's a list. Here's a list. And like instantly I'll have nine lists that he just created. And I'm like, okay, slow down. <laughs> so like, yeah. Calm down with the list. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like I like this. So we're going to keep the lists because it allows you to talk about more Indeed. and to share more movies. So like we're going to keep the lists. We're going to do that once a month. It does. It's not going to be on the same week every month because like there's shit going on. Um, and aside from that, I All think right, that's so everything. Next, next week, what are we doing? Next week, what date is it? Uh, so today, for me, is the 4th. So next week is the 11th. Uh, yeah, that's when we're recording. Um, yeah. Is it? I think we the can just... The reason I'm saying for me is because like, I'm in the US and I'm a full day behind him. So for mm. me, it's Monday. For him, it's Tuesday. Yeah, and, and, when not, and this is going to come out in like two weeks. So it's going to be fun. Um, yep. I think that unless there's something big coming out or unless I'm wrong and Jojo Rabbit comes out, um, we can just keep this format for uh, next week. Okay. So next week we just talk movies we saw this week. That sounds about right. Nifty. All right. Until then though. Goodbye. So long. And thanks for all the fish. Mm, Fish.